0: Everybody, here we go! In case of emergency, the exits are here, 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 anywhere! Keep your hands and arms inside the carpet,
1: we... <laughs> yeah. Name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Hi, how you doing? We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy, what do you say? Come on.
2: I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing—that was all started by a mouse. Welcome to the Disney Guys Uncensored. This is episode 137 recorded on April 11th, 2022. We are your hosts, Tim, Jordana, and Bub. On tonight's episode, we bring back a fan favorite concept from our past as we take a look at our favorite Disney park characters. Some might even call it a top 10, but don't worry, there's no spreadsheet of silliness to be found. This is just a representation of our
0: personal favorites. Ton of news this week, guys, but none of it is all that important. Uh, Narcosis at the Grand Floridian restaurant will be closing June 18th for an extended refurbishment. Internally, it is expected that the restaurant will reopen by the end of 2022, but no official information is available at press time in terms of what the potential retheming is. Citrico's will be available for seven days a week while Narcosis is unavailable. I got to say, folks, Narcosis is apparently a signature dining option at the Grand Floridian, but it's so forgettable that all of your intrepid hosts had to look at the Walt Disney World website to try and remember which restaurant it is. Also, the Grand Floridian has more dining than any of the other resorts on property. So if you're staying there, you'll be just fine when it comes to finding things to eat. In other refurb news, the reopening date of April 22nd for Expedition Everest has been quietly removed from the website closed from refurbishment list this weekend. And a leaked internal calendar shows an April 30th date. But it is unknown at this time if that is a placeholder since that April 30th date is not reflected on the website. So this is either a little week extension on the refurbishment or... Uh, Who knows? Uh, Hopefully it's just a week because Animal Kingdom can't really afford to have any of its big time attractions closed, especially with crowd levels, how they are right now. Disney is currently offering Disney Plus subscribers a discount of 25% off Walt Disney World hotel rooms. This offer is exclusively for Disney Plus subscribers and is valid from July 8th to September 30th. Those are your stay dates. You can book anytime starting yesterday. On that, and uh, presumably, everybody at this point has Disney Plus in the US, so that's basically a rare 25% off across the board discount. So, get Will the getting is good on that. Kite Tales is set to transition to a full day experience for the summer season. Now, this does not mean that you will go to Animal Kingdom and watch Kite Tales from Rope Drop to Fireworks, which the Animal Kingdom does not have because it can't with the animals. No, what this means is guests will be able to see the high flying kites from anywhere around the Discovery River Lagoon with shorter and more frequent performances throughout the day. So you can sit down and watch it, but it won't be a timed thing where you show up and sit down at a specific time. Now that said, Kite Tales didn't even make our list of shows last week on last week's episode about live entertainment. And uh, this show definitely has had mixed reception. Some people, such as a friend of the show Carly Weisel, are kite tales super fans. who even printed up T-shirts proclaiming their love of the show. But many people found this show to be strange and somewhat lacking. Uh, Disney has given no update on what this means for the dramatic crashing that the kites need to do to land. Uh, extended evening hours for delu- The extended evening hours deluxe resort perk begins at Disney Hollywood Studios this week. The extended hours will be from 9 to 11 p.m. Guest staying at uh, Walt Disney World Deluxe Resorts, Disney Deluxe Villas, at the Walt Disney World Swan, the Walt Disney World Dolphin, and the Walt Disney World Swan Reserve, as well as Shades of Green can take advantage of this perk. Uh, I think it's cool. This was uh, something that was announced a while back. And even with the extended hours uh, that have been added to deal with the high crowds and high capacities, they are still giving this uh, almost after hours experience to guests at those selected hotels. And finally, for our gamer fans Uh, During the Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary celebration, the first trailer for Kingdom Hearts 4 dropped unannounced after two trailers for mobile titles to the surprise and delight of fans as there hadn't even been rumors of its development up to this point. The game sports a new, more realistic style, leading to speculation that Sora and the gang may be traveling to the worlds of live-action Disney films, the MCU, or fueled by a single freeze frame in the trailer that internet sleuths have determined to be the foot of an ats T. Walker, maybe even Star Wars in their battle across the multiverse, chasing down the Heartless. Uh, And let me know if you want me to force these guys to do an entire extended episode on the lore and gameplay of the Kingdom Hearts series, because I could tell by the faces Jordana's making, despite her mic being muted, that she's very, very into this idea. So that's it for news this week. We're about to talk about some of our favorite Theme park characters. Bub, what is a theme park character? Is that a character that walks around in a big furry suit? I mean, it could be. could be.
1: may not be. Not for our purposes tonight, though, as I think we all agree that a theme park character, and I think the best way to describe it, is a character that was designed and or created specifically for one of Disney's Global Park's uh, that are not originally, because I think some of the characters we may talk about, have now kind of tied into an IP, or at least there are some that are now tied to part of an IP, and they would not be included in that in- extended Sensational Six family of characters. So um, anyone from Horace Horsecaller to Clarabelle Cow, uh, they obviously were not creative for Disney Parks, they were created for Disney Shorts back in the 30s, so they won't be included either. Um, I think some some prime examples of this would be like the uh, the the trolls from Maelstrom would be would be characters that I don't think we're going to talk about too much tonight. So that's a fair example to give. Um, I think maybe the uh, the people you see on like pre-show rides at Test Track, the 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 Test Track workers, the uh, dare I say the Capcoms. Over at Mission Space, Gary Sinise's character, or I I forget the young lady now that does it. but
0: Any number of fictional scientists that appear in pre-shows. Correct. So it's really, for
1: us, a character that isn't tied to an IP, but is tied to a Disney attraction in some way, shape, or form. I think there is only one way to go, and that is, of course, Ladies First, Jordana. So... I Who am. do you have? Maybe not your number one or your number five, but just one from your list. Because ultimately, I think we each have four or five or, or six of these guys we want to talk about. And, and we'll go from there. Uh, but, but not necessarily in order. But but what did you think when we, we came up with this? This was a very last minute addition to tonight's episode. Uh, we yep. kind of talked about it at two, two or three o'clock. And you were four minutes after we sent the message to, yeah, we're going to do this. You said, yeah, my list is done. So I feel like you've had this in your back pocket for a while uh, that you wanted to do this episode.
2: Yeah, I mean, some of these um, characters, they're what make the rides. They're what make me love the rides. They Mm -hmm. are, you know, I love going to the parks. I love going on rides. I love experiencing it. So when I... When Tim came up with this idea, I was like, oh, my God, yes. Like, I love this. Like, it's something I never thought of doing. And I personally am so glad we're not doing, you know, five to one or one to five because these – these this is tougher than picking a favorite kid to me. You know, it is funny.
1: I think that we would have had Drew come back for this episode if we had included a spreadsheet of silliness. Oh, And yes. the three of us said – we are not doing a spreadsheet <laughs> of silliness in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, again, it's Andrew's baby with the spreadsheet of silliness. For us, he this is much it. more of just this is more of a fun exercise, I think, for us to kind of just talk some of our favorite park characters. And I think uh, Tim, the most globally traveled of the Disney parks for us, May have some some deep cuts for you guys later on, I feel like, even if it's in the honorable mention time that we give at the end. But uh, stay tuned for that because Tim always pulls out some nuggets that me and Jordana just look at him and say, the hell is this guy talking about now? So, And that's, again... Tim's traveled to uh, to a few couple of the foreign parks, so he, he kind of has a little bit more of an appreciation for those characters. And these could be any characters, uh, past, present, and or future, uh, which we won't really know if there's future characters coming or not. So, Jordana, go ahead. I, I what is there, your
0: first? I hope there is. <laughs> we we've talked about this. You know, I yeah. feel like a month or so back, Bob, uh, you and I, that uh, yep. we we feel like there is a danger that that the type, the way Disney is taking risks now is if they're going to take a risk they're going to attach it to an existing billion dollar IP whether it's the MCU or the Fab 5 or Frozen mm-hmm. or even Encanto where they're mm-hmm. they're not going to spend the time to uh to develop a fully original character Correct. and then theme a whole attraction or show around it with the potential that if that flops then you have to junk the whole thing uh and and for me, this has always been what made Disney parks so much above and beyond other theme parks, that there were these these original characters that had fully developed lives and backstories, even though they may have only existed for, you know, five or ten minutes in a ride. There, there was a whole background and lore that went to them. and. You know, fans fell in love with these characters and, and, and there was merch and, and you could really make these characters your own and, and, and wanted more than that little taste that the ride gave you. So I, I do hope that Disney understands how, how much these sorts of characters are, are integral to to parks fans and, and the continued enjoyment of the parks and, and strikes out to uh, to try and create some of the, these original characters in the future.
1: I I wouldn't hold your breath in the name of Corporate Synergy. I feel like we are doomed to a future of (sighs) Encanto Pavilions, which, and again, we've talked about Encanto having its own ride, and there's no problem with that. But when And I think, Tim, especially you can probably speak to this point of the originality of what they do in Tokyo with some of the characters is just so much of what we want for the domestic parks, and I I just don't see them taking those risks in, in the near term anyway.
0: No, and I unfortunately, I think, and it's a topic for another day. I think the current leadership direction of Disney is not comfortable with taking the parks in this direction right now. Mm-hmm. so it, it probably is something that for at least the next little bit has to uh, has to go on the back burner. But uh, with that said, Jordana, uh, what are what what's one of these characters you got on your list? So I'll start with a
2: big one. Uh, and it's not just one character. it's actually three. The hitchhiking ghost from Haunted Mansion. I think that this is just a huge character that you know that are characters that made merch that you always look forward to on the ride. That you know, it's it's pretty much got its own scene and you know, and it's it's something that you talk about at the end of the ride
0: that brings up that excitement. Yeah, I think these are classic characters that they're literally silent and and. In one scene on the ride, but their design and just tells a story. You can tell mm-hmm. that one of them's a prisoner, one of them is a, a doctor who makes home visits, and one of them is a creepy guy with a skull for a head. But they have really, they're they're super favorites of everybody. Uh, and as you said, this is one of those characters that has generated tons and tons of merch, whether it's collectibles, action figures, shirts, hats, statues. and magic shots. If you get Yes.
2: Uh... The magic shot in front of the Haunted Mansion. Um, you can get a picture with them. With or you can take maker. a
0: picture when you're in your car with them at the end of their That eye. is true. That too.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, Ezra, Phineas, and Gus are clearly um I, I don't want to say the stars of the Haunted Mansion, because I, I think and Tim, we did this when we did the kind of the ghost tour of the Haunted Mansion. There's a lot of deep Deep, deep lore that goes into a lot of those characters. And the Haunted Mansion itself is such a fantastically designed attraction, Uh, even if it isn't necessarily like a top quote unquote attraction for me in terms of it being like a top three or four for a lot of people. For me, it's a great ride. I, I just, those three characters in particular are an exceptional use of trickery in the attraction. And do they always have been the focal point of that attraction in terms of merchandise? And obviously, Madame Leota got uh, significantly more popular as we get into it. And, and, I, and I think there's a couple, Timmy on the list, too. That was my honorable too.
2: mention, actually. Yeah.
1: That was my honorable that,
2: mention. Yeah, um, so
1: for me, the, the, back problem, back. Yeah, the problem for me with the Haunted Mansion was I didn't know who I would pick. So I had them just on my list of pretty much the entirety of the haunted mansion belonged on the list. We could have done a list of the top ten ghosts in the haunted mansion, and, and we probably still would have had extra. Uh, um, Tim, okay. anything? Anything? What's your what's your first go
0: to here in terms of our characters? Well, since we're already at the haunted mansion, let's let's stay there. Um, my character is actually exclusive to the West Coast version of this attraction, and that would be the Hatbox Ghost. Uh, I think this is just a really cool character for how it exists now. Uh, the hatbox ghost was all, almost a rumor or a myth or a legend um, up until the you know very, very recent history. Uh, guests claimed there was a, a, hat, a ghost whose head would switch from a hatbox to back on his head and vice versa. Um, but there was very little documentation of this actually being in the attic of the haunted mansion. Uh, the it was believed that people just were misremembering it, or maybe it was a real ghost. And then um, Bob Craig right? It was um, it wasn't Bob Gurr. Which Imagineer was it? It Was um, oh, gosh, the uh, the the very legendary. Um, Which one? It's got a dark I mean, red backyard. Um, well, there was, so there were
1: quite a few guys that worked on this. So you had Rolly Crump, you had Bob Gurr, you had Tony Baxter.
0: No, sorry, uh, Tony. Tony Baxter was mm-hmm. finally in in the late '90s able to get a photograph of the uh, the hatbox ghost from the original Haunted Mansion, and it was mm-hmm. just a case of uh, it was a figure that was in the attic. Uh, It it broke very early on, possibly in the first couple weeks or months that the attraction ran. And it was removed and um, it kind of became the stuff of legend and then a much more complicated and um, the Hatbox Ghost animatronic based on that original animatronic was added to that spot uh, in in the 2000s in the Disneyland version of it and now is very beloved by fans and by myself. As well, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's one of the few aspects of the West Coast Haunted Mansion that even during the Haunted Mansion holiday overlay still remains as the hatbox ghost year round because uh, fans who, even if they're riding Haunted Mansion holiday, they want the opportunity to see this fabled and legendary hatbox ghost who existed only in myth for so long.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those Tim again, similar to the hitchhiking ghosts. And I, I since we've already mentioned her, Madame Leota moves merchandise, man, figures and and collectible figures, action figures, toy versions. I think they had a popcorn I, tin of him. I have a very
0: too. expensive tiki mug of him that uh, yeah, that's yep. very very sought after on the secondary market. Yep.
1: I mean t-shirts. I mean this thing uh, really the The quintessential success story for early Imagineering because you're right, the effect didn't work for longer than at most two months when the park first when the haunted mansion first opened on the west coast. So truly crazy to think that this character has come this far on on myth alone. Really, I think a true testament to. What we're trying to do tonight is, is bring some some story to some of these characters that you guys know and love, Jordana. Since we did in fact talk about Phineas and and, and Ezra and and Gus, the hatbox ghost, I solid ghost, solid ghost,
2: solid, solid, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different types of characters. Mm-hmm. in that like, you could go, you could go on and on. We could spend a whole episode going over every single character mm-hmm. in
0: the Haunted Mansion. They are like me and, all like me and Tim did. We, we did. Pretty much. I mean, Victor, <laughs> some, some honorable mentions just from the Haunted Mansion. Victor Geist, the organist. That's another character yep. with huge Love lore it. who sells merch. Love it. Um, the, the grave digger and his dog mm-hmm. out in the graveyard. Little Leota, uh, the ghost host. The Stretching Room yes. Ghost, all of these characters yep. are are original from start to finish and beloved by fans of the Haunted Mansion of the parks. So th- this is the kind of stuff we're talking about, this kind of myth making that Disney is doing in the parks with these original characters that you only see for a couple seconds at a time and yet have pages and pages of, of backstory and, and and myth around them.
1: And it's funny we talk about myths, because my first entry onto this list has only grown in myths since his attraction closed and the animatronic went missing. Of course, I am talking about Buzzy from Cranium Command... At the old Wonders of Light Pavilion in Epcot, which might be the Disney Play Pavilion at some point in the nearest the near-ish future, uh, Buzzy was the test pilot for that attraction. That attraction was pretty much the, in my opinion, the precursor to Inside Out. Uh, you kind of had all of the organs represented by by different uh, comedians. I think Bobcat Goldthwaite was a voice uh, on this attraction. It was really. The Wonders of Life Pavilion in and of itself deserves a deeper dive from us, I think, uh, with everything that it had in, it at, when it, at, in its heyday, but Buzzy himself was just such a solid little representation of, I, I think it was a 10 to 12 year old boy who was going through the changes of, I, I, I guess technically puberty and, and things like that. Um, really just, for me, Buzzy is a really cute animatronic when he's skinned, when, and, and that's, you know, I'm not, when he's unskinned, it's it's frightening and there's images out there of an unskinned buzzy animatronic it is terrifying it is a nightmare fuel but buzzy for me represents everything about what epcot was and what epcot's mission was back in the 80s and 90s and for that reason i had to include buzzy on this list for that reason. Um, Tim, joining anything on Buzzy? I mean, he's grown because again, one turned up on like a, a secondary market of like somebody stolen. There was a missing Buzzy
0: case on I was Reddit. It's all over that. the place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like... the, the... Sorry. Go ahead, Tim. No, no. I was just saying the guy got caught and confessed. And I, I believe the, with COVID and everything, I don't know if the trial got delayed or he plead, put out and, uh, the Buzzy's clothes were actually, and the reason you're talking about the unskinned Buzzy is, uh, his clothes were sold to uh, Disney Parks super fan and uh, NBA uh, champion um, uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, Lord. I can't. Um, uh, oh, Robin Lopez. Uh, he is uh, a, one of the biggest Disney Parks memorabilia collectors, him and his brother. In fact, he asked for a when he, he came up for a trade on the Bucks. He, he went to Orlando Magic. Not only to improve that uh, that that mid-market basketball team, but also so that he could live in Orlando. Uh, but once he found out the origin of the uh, the buzzy clothes he had purchased uh, in 2019, he he did return them to Disney, and and you know had no idea where they had come from when he purchased them through a a middleman. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean the buzzy and and the Wonders of Life Pavilion, as you said, really. We could do this whole episode on original Epcot characters, because when Epcot opened, it was only these original Parks characters, because that was what it was about. Characters created for these attractions. And Buzzy really does kind of typify that, although I will say I think there's a little bit more famous original Mm -hmm. Epcot character that might show up later on in this (laughs) list. Yeah, for sure. For sure. One that is still to this day more iconic, yes. Drianne, I know you're a little bit younger than Bubba and I. Um, did you ever experience the Wonders of Life Pavilion? Uh, probably when I was like I,
2: like, I don't remember it vividly, but I, you know, when you like kind of see flashbacks and you like, you're like, you see a picture of it and you're like, hey, I kind of remember that. Like, that's yeah. how I remember. You know what I think yeah.
1: Disney yeah. suffers from a lot? The Mandela effect where like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I see enough things. And do I remember going to Cranium Command or do I remember watching videos about Cranium Command? That's true. Do I remember remember going on Body Wars? I remember the idea of Body Wars. And again, I will tell you, I do remember going on Body Wars. My my aunt, God bless her. She actually couldn't handle it. She she thought it was wild. It was the greatest thing in the world. Um, And again, Body Wars is a whole other episode for us. But the wonders of life, legit. Look it up, man. It was wild. I loved that pavilion and everything it stood for. And Jordan, I think you would have caught it. I mean, it, I mean, I know it, it was open until the late '90s in some form, and then it became kind of a festival center um, for food and wine. And actually, when when Megan and I went uh, about ten years ago, eleven years ago. Um, that was where the Food and Wine Festival Center was, and it was man, it was like walking through a time capsule. Walking up the ramp into the big golden dome, it was it was nuts. Walking into there, you could almost feel the 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 specters and the ghosts of what came before it in that in that building. It was it was just a really cool experience to get mm-hmm. in there one more time. So, Georgina, what do you got
2: next? Um, let's see. Next, I mean, while we're in Epcot, let's talk about this big one, uh, Figment. Figment is just the life of Epcot, the life of the party. Um, lately, they've been dressing him up in his sweaters, giving him a little bit more personality during the holidays, which I absolutely love. Uh, he's got his own popcorn bucket, which I mean, people waited for hours and hours for. Um, I just think that you know, if you don't, if he's not on someone's list, we do not belong on a Disney podcast platform, pretty
0: much. Yeah, I mean Figment is the the biggest success story of these parks characters probably by far uh he is still the icon of epcot he's almost the mickey mouse of epcot and uh he's also the biggest kind of tragedy of this where his ride they can't close because he's so beloved and they need to keep him alive in the parks so that they can plaster him on merch for every single festival for every single epcot anniversary you know, they got t shirts, plush, all that stuff they sell year round there. Uh, but his ride is a a bear the bearish shell of what it used to be. And I mean, Figment used to be synonymous with another guy who hung out with him, the Dreamfinder, who's completely been erased from history at this point. And when it, when in the fact they were a duo. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's awesome that they're preserving Figment. Uh even if it is just for the reason of of keeping him relevant for merch, but he, he is certainly a titan of these parks' original characters.
1: I would give, pardon the expression, my left nut for them to shut down that attraction, journey into imagination with Figment. If they needed to close it for two years and put that pavilion back to what it was when that park opened, I... I'm here for it. Shut it down for three years if you need to, with their construction schedule, it'll be ten years. But at the end of the day, to get that two floor attraction with Dreamfinder and his ship and the storyline of Dreamfinder coming up with Figment and explaining that that attraction would be an E ticket right now, that attraction would be an E ticket at Epcot.
0: And, and, it's, and it's, the- it's, it's nothing now. The biggest pro- tragedy of the whole thing is, is to bring back up our, our our buddy Tony Baxter, who was the original not only designer of that attraction but inventor of Figment and the Dreamfinder. Uh, he's a, a former Imagineer legend who who goes on a lot of podcasts and gives a lot of interviews, and and he basically never does one of those podcasts or interviews without mentioning he is more than willing to pro bono unretire and go back to Disney and work for free. And redo Figment, not just to bring it back to its original glory, but revamp it into a modern dark ride starring Figment and Dreamfinder, and that's that's what this man, a one of the true legends of Imagineering, probably the best Imagineer ever, uh, if you look at his body of work and contributions to the company and the parks. And all he wants to preserve his legacy is fix this this wonderful thing that he made. And Mm. I just hope that at some point somebody does afford him that opportunity, if only because Figment is so popular, even like my wife absolutely adores Figment. And her first experience with that ride was in the truly, truly spectacularly awful form that. Uh, what was in between the current one and the original? It was or it just, Journey into it was Journey
1: into your imagination was the middle, just terrible, terrible attraction. And that's where they introduced the Eric Idol character. I, I, I forget what the hell his name is in in the show now. But that's where they brought. That's where they completely stripped Figment and Dreamfinder and the second level of the attraction and Image Works. Like it was a disaster.
0: Of, of monumental proportions. And, and speaking of disastrous 90s revamps of cherished attractions, Jordana, what is your next character on your list? Jose from the
2: Tiki Room, I think, just has such a great personality and makes the show. And, you know, I, I just love him. So I put him on my list because that's why, I mean, you go to the Tiki Room for Jose. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, he is a much better host of the Tiki Room than um, Iago or Zazu or uh, I believe there was a third, but I don't remember whom. Um, but that Tiki Room under new management, I was referring to folks. We will uh, we'll do a whole show on under new management someday. OK, and I. No, I'm just kidding that we will never. That was beyond horrible. Uh, I mean, yeah. I will not. Be,
1: I will not be there for that episode. By all means, Tim, if you want to record it, that's fine. But I will not be That's actually going to be a solo episode for Tim.
0: But, I, I mean, as long as you guys are here for the Kingdom Hearts uh, lore explainer episode. You can actually invite and I, I,
1: Andrew and uh, his co-host of his video game podcast, John Block. There you on, go. To talk Kingdom
0: Hearts. <laughs> Bob, what's, uh, what's one off your list?
1: I'm going to go with Chairman LC Clench. Again, I'm really in love with this whole idea of bringing back retired characters. Chairman LC Clench LC was, of course, the chairman of XS Technologies – Uh, over at um, Alien Encounter, the extraterrestrial Alien Encounter. And he was just... You know what it is? His motto still speaks to the 90s, and I think I tied this into when we did the characters of the decades, and I had... uh, who the hell that I have is the character of the 90s? Oh, Hopper from Bugs Life. I thought he was, you know, he was excess and everything. Uh, if something can't be done with excess, it shouldn't be done at all. That is Chairman Clench's motto. And the only thing he dislikes is waiting for anything. And poor, poor, poor Fuzzy just, just, just dies in the tube. It's just, it's, it's not good. But I, I will tell you, Chairman L. C. Clench, I love him. I, I loved everything
0: about alien encounter
1: i think we've talked about it on one of our uh previous uh lost attractions we've talked episodes. About lost
0: attractions we've talked about a couple i um, really it wouldn't it, be a disney guys uncensored list if we didn't bring up no. alien encounter and i think
1: we actually went really deep on the on the lost attractions episode with this ride in particular uh how much we loved it why it worked why it doesn't work as a theme park attraction now but ultimately chairman lc clench is where i'm going and and i mean I, jordan i don't know did you ever experience the greatness of of that attraction or were you too young because it was one of those that they actually had like an age
2: recommendation and a height requirement on right i mean and, well those that don't know I was pretty much born six feet tall but um <laughs> so I, I got on rides very very young with height requirements and stuff however I don't really remember a lot about this one I mean I remember the, again the you know I remember of it but do I mm-hmm. remember it in detail right no so I will tell you I remember
1: that attraction to this day I I adored that attraction I everything about it I Brilliance in that attraction. Tim, LC Clench, one of the best in that attraction. I think there's other people in that attraction that you may want to talk about.
0: Well, the other people in that attraction I want to talk about are the people on that Great great attraction, probably my all-time favorite theme park attraction, being terrorized by my next character, the titular alien from Alien Encounter. An alien we almost didn't get because this was in the blue sky phase supposed to be a alien themed to the movie alien uh, because Disney was looking for sci-fi properties that it could bring into the new Tomorrowland. land. But uh, licensing fell through. Uh, obviously alien encounter was a very, very, very scary ride. Uh, one of the scariest theme park attractions ever built. Uh, but uh, they did decide that using the actual, Alien IP and the Nostromo uh, spaceship was probably a little bit much for a family theme park because you could put that it's recommended for ages, you know, 13 and up, 15 and up, but uh, parents are still going to take their kids, and you don't really want to traumatize kids when they have to live through the experience of an R-rated horror movie that takes place in the vacuum of space. Um, so the stand-in for the the H.R. Geiger aliens that are in that movie was the alien in the tube in the center of Alien Encounter, who is more of a big for most of the ride, obscured menace with uh, four arms and two legs and a, a almost insectile body. Uh, he actually looks very similar to uh, to the the monster at the top of Journey to the Center of the Earth at uh, Tokyo Disney. If you're familiar with that, if you've ever seen a ride through. But he 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 was terrifying and. uh Accidentally transported into the center of the theater uh, where where they we call it a ride, but it was more of a show with animatronics. Mm -hmm. You didn't really move anywhere. It was all told through atmospheric cues, but really just one of the scariest. uh, And and one of the characters will leave a lasting impression you will never forget. It it is
1: funny, Tim. We throw around adjectives and superlatives a lot on this show. And podcasts are one to do anyway, and, and listing things as the greatest ever, this, and the other thing. I wanted to simplify it and say this attraction, that character, Chairman Clench, the entire story, it was just a special attraction, and it was perfect for there. It was perfect timing, it was a perfect collection of circumstances. That was a truly special attraction that they had there in, in, in that space in Tomorrowland. And it, it's really a shame that it now just sits nothing. E- even Stitch, despite its faults, was quasi-enjoyable in some way, shape, or form. It, it, again, it was never the spirit of a, of Alien Encounter, but I can understand the need to bring in a, a character like Stitch and find this is how you're going to do it. I, I, I've reconciled with that myself, but the, for that area to just sit empty now blows my mind that that is not a theater that is used even from its uh, mission to mars and and mission to the moon days Uh, that theater has always been some sort of magical experience for people and and it's really it's it's too bad that that sits vacant now Um, i I do want to stay though tim in magic kingdom real quick with another one before we go Um, this is kind of a, a bridge from Magic Kingdom to Hollywood Studios, because I I kind of cheated on this one and and took a few different and put it together. And maybe it's not a quote-unquote character, but characters. I will tell you there is nothing that makes a Disney park like the citizens of Main Street and the citizens of Hollywood uh, and the Dapper Dans over on Main Street as well. What those characters, quote-unquote, and they all have individual backstories and and various uh, names and, and, and what they do. Uh, the citizens of Main Street and the citizens of of Hollywood are just they are the quintessential plusing of a Disney park by giving you walk around actors that quote unquote live there. And it is it's if you ever get the chance to see them on the trolley, or on the train, or walking around Main Street if you're there early, early, and on, on Hollywood Boulevard over at Disney Hollywood Studios, you got a director and a guy with the bullhorn, and they're looking at you know the you know Jordana and Guy, and oh look the little child fell asleep in his wagon, and the dad doesn't care, and it's just it, it's just there's a lot of old timey references that speak to the the period at which these parks are quote unquote set in, and they really add. Uh, so much to both parks um, in terms of, uh, of atmosphere and in terms of entertainment and enjoyability. Uh, Jordana, do you have any feelings on the citizens of main street or the citizens of Hollywood or even the Dapper Dans, which I, I actually really love as well,
2: which like I didn't even think of these as characters. So honestly, honestly, um, great pick um, definitely made me, you know, go back and, and think about all the times that, you know, we've seen them or even just like I'll find myself on YouTube just so I can listen to a couple of their songs and stuff because it's just, it's awesome. Um, or just like watch, you know, Citizens of Hollywood. And it's something that um, I don't think a lot of people I mean, Magic Kingdom's a little different, but. Especially specifically with Holly with Hollywood studios, mm-hmm. it's something that's being phased out, and I hope never never goes away because this is yeah. going to be one of those characters that we're going to look back and we're going to be like, oh, do you remember when they did this? Um, just because of the direction where Hollywood studios is going, when it was mm-hmm. MGM and it was you know they had all the backlot tour and everything else, it, it no, right. fit in a little bit more. But now it's a little bit, it almost seems a little out of place. Um, but I I love the Dapper Dance. They're, they're mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Um, I love they go around on the trolley. Um, right. we usually see them when we do our travel mission picture, and they go, "Oh, there must have been, been a t-shirt sale because we're all wearing the same travel yep. retreat shirt." So it's just like those those corny jokes are a lot
1: of fun. But that is something that you don't really get that experience at any other theme park or amusement park in the world. That level of detail. Like you said, the jokes they tell are so in tune with the park they're in. Tim, I, I can't imagine you're not a Dapper Dance fan. You strike me as a guy that would be in a barbershop
0: quartet. Well, that's certainly not <laughs> true. I, I have, I don't have that kind of talent, but the, these characters are, are totally awesome and a, definitely a different way of looking at this concept of park characters, but they're almost more so a park's character than any of this other stuff we've talked about, because they're part of the character of the park. And and you're right, Bob, for the most part, you know, you can go to a county fair and there'll be costumed characters there that you can take Mm -hmm. pictures with and meet and greet. But what there won't be hardly anywhere else, uh, except for Universal Parks, they do this similar street Mm -hmm. atmosphere. You go to New York and you'll have the people yelling out the windows at you. But that's really what sets basically Universal and Disney apart from all other amusement parks and theme parks is, You have these people that you might not stop and watch the citizens of Hollywood or stand on the corner and listen to Dapper Dan's do a whole song. But if they weren't there, if they weren't part of the background, if they didn't blend into the scenery, something would feel like it was lost. And and these sorts of characters are so important. And, And not to go back to the negative, but these are also the sort of things, because they blend into the background, that hopefully they don't ever become... A line item that gets cut from a budget because you have to pay a trained actor and multiple trained actors to do this stuff all day, every day, 365 days a year. Uh, because I went to the parks uh, a, a couple of times during uh, the reopening at uh, the phased reopening, and, and these people weren't there for that. And, and it feels so different to not have this street to not have this character and these characters in the park. So this is certainly something that I hope never, never goes away from Disney.
1: Yeah, no, that's for sure. Now I do want to, and, and I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're jumping around a little bit here tonight, but I, I do notice on our, on our list that we have here that we probably can stay in the magic kingdom, Jordana, for a couple more minutes, I think.
2: Yeah, I have a couple. Yeah. So, um and these two, I you know, I know we've said we weren't doing a top 10 or our favorites, but these two are mm-hmm. my favorites. Um I'm going to start off by uh going over to Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. and I'm going with the character Red, who has a little bit of a story and grew with the ride and grew with the times where, you know, it used to be something that they they were Like, we want the redhead or, you know, that it was selling her to you go on the ride now and she's running that scene. She's running the show. So it's just something that grew with the times. It, you know, shows a lot of woman empowerment and um, just a character to kind of look up to, honestly. Yeah,
1: Jordana, for sure. She was on my short list of people that I would definitely want to talk about, especially just we talk about the evolution of a character where she is very much a background character in the original... I'm sorry, she's very much a background character now that they've kind of gone to the whole Pirates of the Caribbean, the Jack Sparrow scene and Barbosa's in it and but she is such an integral part of the scene she's in, in in both versions that she was in you're right at first she's a wench being auctioned off and now she's the one doing the looting uh just kind of the and people call it wokeness i call it just you know r- fixing wrongs throughout history it's red is a great character I, I i think that there's no doubt in my mind that she belongs on this list especially from pirates which you could do uh you could pick if we could do a Pirates of the Caribbean favorite figures episode and, and not have enough time to do it all. Um, so for me, absolutely, I would like to reference the two guys playing the broken game of chess in in the queue area and that have died playing there, uh, locked in eternal battle uh, playing chess. So there's so many tricks and hints and, and little details in Pirates of the Caribbean that just truly are extraordinary and, and none none are are, are are more important to that ride than Red. Tim, where do you stand on Red and Pirates in general in terms of, of its character development?
0: Red is certainly a memorable character. Uh, they're, they're, it's hard to think of all the Pirates, as you said, as, as characters, but there is so much uh, uniqueness imbued into each and every figure that even the ones who are only there for a second or two, uh, you can imagine the whole life they live... Uh, or lived. My personal favorites are uh, definitely the pirates over by the bridge, both the uh, extremely drunk man hanging out with the cats, and of course, Dirty Foot Pirate, who dangles his dirty foot over you as you pass under his bridge, and people either love or hate that dirty, dirty foot.
2: I can almost picture it um, when, you, when you were saying it, like literally just looking up at the bridge and seeing the dirty foot.
1: One of the great tricks they've ever had there is is the hair on that man's legs.
0: I I hear it's real human hair. No, it's true. No, Um, I just made that. up. I mean, it does sound like one of those pirates rumors like that. It's Walt Disney's skull in the Disneyland version on on the skull and crossbones on the headboard. Uh, Also not true, but a real human skull. That is true. There are several real human skulls in the Disneyland version of this ride. That is a true
1: Um, story. Tim, did you want to stay in kind of Adventureland? You're gonna f- slip slip over to maybe Adventureland
0: for for one of your all timers here. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can uh, Adventureland. I I guess yeah, I guess that is Adventureland. Well, no,
1: you're gonna flip over to Frontierland. You're gonna flip over on
0: yeah. the side, but they share a wall. Sure. Uh, gotta go with Big Al, who's kind of here as a stand-in for the Country Bears in general. Just uh. What a dynamic and amazing crew of animatronics that have so much life and so much personality and tell such an amazing story through their songs and their jokes. And I, I just pray that this never ever ever changes or goes away. Sent um as it's 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 not as popular as it was. I mean, this was literally one of the most popular attractions in the park when it opened uh, and now it's more of a place to catch some air conditioning. But I I just I love the bears in general and and Big Al especially. Uh, And it just warms my heart to be able to go see blood on the saddle, you know, hear him hear him yowl along to his uh, to his hit song uh, from the side of the stage there at the uh, Country Bear Jamboree.
1: So. Listen, you guys know I'm an anti-country bear lobbyist. You all know this. I will say those characters are borderline second only to Haunted Mansion in terms of uh, in terms of their iconicness to to the Magic Kingdom in general. Uh, so I will. I will be uh, respectful to the Country Bears for this night only and tell you that Big Al was also on my short list of of characters that should have been included in this list. And I'm glad, Tim, you didn't disappoint. Uh, Jordan, anything for the Country Bears for you? I mean,
2: Big Al's just a mood, as the kids say, right? Like he's. I mean, is that what the kids say? No cap. No cap. No cap. No cap. Right. Well, Tim Window He works with middle schoolers, so he should he should yep. help with me with my lingo. I might be a a, a little bit behind, but um, I hope they never ever get rid of this attraction. It is amazing, and they are some of the most entertaining characters when you're walking by. Or walking in Frontierland, or you know, it's Adventureland or whatever. And you look up, and they're just they're waving at you. And, and Big owl's just like, "Duh," <laughs> but I love it.
0: Well, that's yeah, good. I think yeah. we all could agree that if they ever got rid of the Country Bear Jamboree at Walt Disney World, it would be very, very sus. And with that, Bob, what is your <laughs> next character? It would be very sus, very sus, Tim. I'm going Waldo the Spirit of
1: 3D over at um, over at the the Muppets the Muppet Vision 3D. Um, I, I don't even know that I like Waldo the Spirit of 3D. I'm going to be completely honest with you on that. I, I don't even know that I enjoy his presence most of the time, but my kids love him. And if my kids love Waldo, the spirit of 3D, then Muppet Vision is still doing its job to this day, thirty plus years after opening. Uh, Waldo is just—he's uh, so tough to explain to somebody if they don't understand the concept of Muppet Vision 3D, because he's the spirit of 3D. He's—he's he's the. F- Uh, cooked up with bunsen and 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 beaker in in the the whatever the hell the 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 the, i don't even know what the hell they call the machine and i but it's just it's it's incredible to me that they take a property like the muppets and somehow this little speck of animation becomes the star of that show early 90s computer animation yes becomes the star of that show It's incredible to me, unless you count the Swedish Seth when he's shooting the cannons uh, from the back uh, uh, of the auditorium, which, I mean, we all agree Swedish Seth is one of the great Muppets of all time, but Waldo the Spirit of 3D is one of my theme park characters that uh, gets overlooked, because I think that attraction in particular is a little long in the tooth, and I would be sad to see it go, um, but if it meant... Progress on a different type of Muppet attraction, I'd be okay with it going, but I, I don't see them uh, for many of the reasons we talked about earlier in this episode. That we're I don't think we're ever getting a quote unquote new Muppet attraction or a Muppet Land uh, in Disney World. Myself, I, I don't see it happening. Uh, Tim, I know Waldo's near and dear to your heart as well, or at least the Muppets are in a way. Um,
0: am I wrong? Putting, am I wrong for putting Waldo on this list? No, I don't think so. I mean, I had Waldo was on my short list, just missed the cut. Um, he is uh, he is certainly an interesting character because he he is the only original character in in Muppet Vision 3D and he is really there to be uh, as annoying and abrasive as possible and yet somehow he comes in circles back around to being endearing. although I do have a question uh, not not to say spoilers for a attraction that is at this point what 30 years old, um, if not older, is Waldo actually an original character or is he Mickey Mouse? Is that what we're supposed to find out at the end? or is he just imitating Mickey Mouse? Not especially clear. So it's tough Tim because it
1: seems like that's his disguise. but was it Mickey all along? We will never know. We will never know. Georgiana, what's your take on a Waldo versus Mickey versus Waldo? Uh, take uh,
2: I think I think it's Waldo Im- imitating Mickey. I'm but... right, that's fair. That's what I think. I think uh, he's got his own little personality. It's a little bit different from a Mickey Mouse, you know? He he is. I, I would actually like to thank Tim for
1: bringing that up because when on the screen, when the fire truck comes through and the building is knocked down, those people, the, the humans that are looking through the broke-down wall, are the most late 80s, early 90s people you will ever see from neon-colored shorts and, like, the avi... Just, I will tell
0: you... That alone is worth the look, folks. Go check out Muppet Vision 3D. Absolutely. But here here's the interesting part about that. I don't know how much you guys pay attention to fashion. We have fully circled oh, back around yeah. to oh. like neon colored nylon shorts yes. and yep. stonewashed, like wider leg jeans and stuff. So there was this good 15 year period where the wall gets busted down and you're it's very clear that it's not a real wall that was busted down and that those are people of a certain time period. But now they just look like the same people walking around out in the park because those, those sorts of clothing styles have really come back around to be in vogue. Um, so, so if, if my calculations are correct and in
1: this instance, I am almost positive they are, I think we have one character left each that we wanted to kind of get on our main list. Let I me mean, just talk a couple uh, honorable mentions if we have them. Um, who would like to take their their, their last character first? I, I mean, I know Tim. You might actually have two left, so let's I,
0: let's go I, with with you there. I, so I, uh, I I do I I'll, I'll, one I wanted really wanted to talk about was Duffy the Disney Bear and mm-hmm. and he is fully standing in for Duffy and Friends. So that would be Duffy, uh, Shelly May, uh, Cookie Ann, uh, Gelatoni. El- Olumel and uh, I am forgetting one more. Uh, I'm shocked you could name that many. She, she is yeah. uh, she's the newest one. Who the the way these work is they they release originally exclusively for one of the Asian parks and then make their way to the other Asian parks. But Duffy was honestly a, a bear with a very thin backstory about Mickey and travel. Who was uh, kind of injected into mainly Epcot, but also the Magic Kingdom here in the United States in the early 2000s, and frankly failed miserably. Uh, The Imagineers at Tokyo Disney C found him in a file and decided that he fit into the mold of uh, Japanese culture, the idea of um, both the cute culture in general and, and having a companion. Uh, uh, like a stuffed animal companion to do things with. uh, And they were right. Uh, He is, he and his friends are literally a cultural phenomenon in Japan. Uh, The entirety of the port of call Cape Cod in Tokyo, Disney sea is themed to Duffy and friends all throughout Disney sea. There are these little almost wooden stands at the prime photo locations so that you can put your Duffy doll On those stands and take a picture in front of the landmarks with your Duffy. And even outside of the Disney Parks fandom, um, when I was in Tokyo last, uh, it was right around the release of Cookie Ann. Uh, This is the Baker, who was originally exclusive to Hong Kong Disney. And uh, a subway stop in Shibuya, which is kind of the Tokyo equivalent of Greenwich Village in New York City, was entirely themed to Cookie Ann, uh, so it, it, it would be unimaginable, even for a, you know, Mickey and Friends, to have a, take over an entire subway stop in one of the busiest tourist spots in, you know, New York or Los Angeles, and here this tertiary character who's the friend of a toy bear had taken over an entire subway stop, including wrapped subway trains, every advertisement, the turnstiles, everything, cookie and themed. Uh, so these, these characters are an absolute phenomenon. They are starting to really catch on here in the States again after failing initially. Um, they, their, their merchandise is finally on sale again in the U.S. at um, the Polynesian Resort, the merchandise kiosk in the center of the lobby. Uh, sells the uh, the Duffy merch now, but uh, they're just delightful characters. I, I don't know if you guys have any experience with them or because they're so associated now with the Asian parks, uh, but if they ever do come back here in a big way, I think we will see a similar thing of, of all the kids and some of the adults uh, in the parks carrying around these colorful bears and bunnies and cats.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, uh, you know, Duffy the, the Disney bear. He was great. Uh, my nephew has like uh, the one that came with, like, the My First Disney Bear, and it came with a like, little storybook of Duffy. Fantastic. I mean, a cute little character. Again, I think you can't have this conversation without mentioning that family of characters for what they mean, specifically in Japan. I mean, less so here, but specifically what they mean in Japan. Some would argue they're as big, if not bigger, than the Sensational
0: Sixo. I mean, somebody had to say it. They, they, I mean, they literally are big. Like, Duffy... And Shelley May, other than maybe Mickey, they are more popular and more prevalent than all the rest of the Sensational Six. And in Tokyo Disney Sea specifically, get top billing over the Fab Five Sensational Six, etc. Because that is what the Japanese parks fans are going there for.
2: Yeah, so if gonna... you see any, if you see any sort of Tokyo Disney or um you know any sort of live stream or anything there it's it's almost certain that someone is walking down the street with a duffy bear in their hand or one of them in their hands it it is so crazy how you know popular it is over there and how underutilized it is over here now um and it's just it i can't believe how much it's blown up over there yeah i mean they
1: They slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, Tim, and they're selling it, baby. They are selling Duffy. So now, officially, we each have one left. Uh, Jordana, go ahead. Who do you have last on your list, or first on your list, or wherever on your list?
2: Uh, My last one is John from the Carousel of Progress. You see him in four different scenes. You see him, you know, not exactly aging, but what's around him is aging, and how the different times are changing and how he describes it and how he presents it with Rover um, is just absolutely it you know something about this ride just warms my heart and I absolutely love it and it's it's a classic and I couldn't put a top five list of Disney Park characters without putting him on there.
1: That seems fair, Tim. I know you're a big supporter of the Carousel of Progress and. And the family in general. I think you actually had him on your short
0: list as well. I did. Yeah, he's a he's a great character. No list of Parks characters, of course, would be complete without him. Now, I did a little research leading up to this, making sure there wasn't anybody I forgot. And a lot of the published lists of the best Disney Parks exclusive characters included him, except most of them listed him as Carousel of Progress Father. Is John Progress a name that Disney Parks fans have attached to him and he is officially known as Carousel of Progress Father, because that's just a terrible name. And if that's the case, they should officially adopt John Progress. Well, so I don't know if Progress
1: is his proper surname, but his name is definitely John. His wife refers to him as John in, in the attraction. So his name is definitely John. Uh, John Progress, it could be John Progress, why not? Uh, I, that would just lend itself to storytelling in terms of Carousel of Progress, and it would mean it'd be a double entendre there. So I, I, I'm okay with it, I'm buying it. But to call him the dad from Carousel of Progress' father is kind of weak sauce. I'm
0: not loving that. Not loving yeah, that it, name. It reads like a movie credit for a background character.
1: <laughs> it does. And John is no background, let me tell you. Even Uncle Orville isn't even a
0: background character, despite, in fact, existing only in the background. But he, he's he got heaps of personality in his, in his tub with his inventions. He yeah. does, that guy. Uh,
1: for me, there's only one place to go. And we're going to Africa. And it is... Warden Wilson Matua as perhaps the greatest use of a character in a pre-show film explaining to you what an attraction is and why conservation is important, why anti-poaching exists. I, I, I love it. I was going to use Dr. Marsh from Dinosaur, but that's, that's not the same. It's Warden Wilson Matua. It, just one of my all-time favorite low-key great characters. And we all know, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know where I stand on Kilimanjaro Safari being the best attraction, perhaps in the world, in terms of rewritability. I, I couldn't do this list without mentioning Warden Wilson Matua. and Just the, the sincerity at which... That character plays that role, incredible for what that attraction is. I, I love him. I love him for it. Tim, I, I saw you. I saw you. Sm- I saw you laughing. Saw you smiling, and I feel like you're a
0: Warden Wilson Matua guy. Well, I think we all are. When we we did our big spreadsheet of show us for the best uh, pre shows, that you know scientifically determined that pre show that exists only on 1990s outdoor CRT TV suspended from the ceiling. Um, ranked extremely highly on our our list of the best pre-shows of all time up against things like Avatar and Dinosaur. And and I think a lot of it does come from the fact that, to this day, I am not 100% sure if Warden Matua is an actual game warden in Africa who manages a nature preserve, who Disney chose to interview for this, Or if he is a character being played and in the end, it doesn't matter because he is a character that is part of the fabric of the incredible, true yet fictionalized narrative of Kilimanjaro safaris that has been woven into literally turning a animal zoo into a a, ride ride that teaches us about conservation and poaching and and tells an amazing story. Well, we see these amazing animals telling a real story of their lives in front of us. And yeah, I mean, Warden, Wilson, Matua never would have thought of that. But now I feel silly for not even considering, you know, adding him to my list because he's really up there with the doctor seekers, with the uh, with the Dr. Ogden's with the Mm. the guy who says, um, and fly. In the Avatar pre-show. He, he's one yeah. of those all-time great on-screen pre-show yep. characters.
1: Yeah, it, it is. And again, this attraction to me goes very similar hand-in-hand with Alien Encounter, which you're going to say, how? Oh, in terms of special attraction from the moment you walk in the queue and you see, like Tim said, the 1990s box TVs playing this video. It, that attraction is special in, in every way. That alien encounter was was special as well. Jordan, I know you're you're a, a safari gal yourself. No, no love for for
2: for Warden Matua here? Yeah, I love love the safari. Yeah, but usually like this is just a ride that I 99 percent of the time fast pass or Lightning Lane, and I just I don't spend enough time watching it to truly. Get a relationship going with him, I guess, to get that love for him, if that makes sense. If you
1: ever refer to Kilimanjaro Safari as a ride ever again in my presence. It's an experience. It absolutely is. Absolutely is. Uh, But I I had to put the warden on my list. I I couldn't do this list in good faith and not put him there. Tim, I feel like you might feel the same way. Uh, about a character that I also had on my list but again when we talked about it very quickly I I deferred to you because I think you're the bigger fan of the character and probably do it better justice than I would do it and I hope we can talk about both versions of this character for a couple of minutes.
0: Well I think uh, no list would be complete without this character and uh, that is my favorite son Captain Rex, DJ Rex, whatever job he has at the time the Star Tours pirate pilot turned hottest DJ in the galaxy, voiced by the man behind Pee Wee Herman. Uh, really, really, really cool character who was originally dreamt up as part of Star Tours uh, and was genuinely a hilarious and fun character who took that ride and, and made it go from simulator to experience, not only because there was an animatronic in front of the simulator video to add a, a depth of field and, and a real feeling of uh, immersiveness. But because he was voiced by one of the great comedic actors and had great jokes and a personality and a unique look, he was so beloved by fans that he has now been accepted as part of the Star Wars canon, uh, showed up in Clone Wars, showed up in, um, in Rebels. Now, uh, you know, the, dro- the type of droid he is, uh, was featured in in almost every episode of Book of Boba Fett as uh, hanging out at the casino that was blown up in that show. And now um, he he is living his best life. He's retired from being a pilot, a job that, frankly, he was unbelievably horrible at. And uh, he DJs the hottest beats of the galaxy. He's at Oga's Cantina, and uh, everybody has to take a selfie with him when they go there because he rules. And uh, also you can buy a... Bluetooth remote controlled version of him that dances and also plays your tunes. Uh, so you can get a little DJ Rex action in your home from the Droid Depot. I don't know. He's just like easily my favorite Parks character by a mile. Uh, as much of a Country Bears fan as I am, as much of a Big Al fan as I am, uh, DJ Rex just freaking rules. Yeah. I mean, I was a
1: fan of Pilot Rex. I loved Captain Rex as the pilot. I, I just thought that added such a different feel to star tours than having c3po there which is fine c3po is great there same type of nervous energy but captain rex and pilot rex was 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 just out of this world I'm, i'm glad that he did make your list jordan any any love hate relationships with the captain or
2: dj version of rex dj rex is a blast um throws a party you know keeps the keeps the music going uh that's that's all I have to say.
1: Of course, because we're the Disney guys uncensored, clearly we cannot keep this list to any semblance of order in, in our own way. For me, there were a couple that we missed that I feel like needed to be mentioned in terms of uh, adorable characters. It's Orange Bird is the character we didn't talk about here. Um, created for the Florida Growers Association and featured very much uh, over in in, uh, Adventureland. Uh, I also like to give a shout-out, Tim, to 9 Eye and the Timekeeper from the Timekeeper attraction. Uh, Both of those characters, Rhea Perlman and I I believe Robin Williams were the voices. A lot of manic energy in the Timekeeper. Loved that. We talked about it before we recorded, Tim. Captain EO, I think you could do a whole show on Captain EO and and that whole Francis Ford Coppola, the, the whole George Lucas, the whole team behind it, Michael Jackson's involvement, uh, Angelica Houston's involvement. Just
0: there is so much to unpack. How many, how many times over can you put together an EGOT out of, Captain EO. I mean, there are so many Academy Award winners, Tony winners, Grammys. Yeah. Like what it's insane. in the world? It's insane. I, I didn't even. Yeah. It's just the amount of talent. Yep. Um, luckily, if you want to experience Captain EO, and you didn't ever have the ability to experience it when it was there. Like myself, there are some incredible mm-hmm. uh, upscales and preservations of that that yeah. can be found on the Internet. Yeah, people, and You owe it to yourself people, to just check yeah. out the talent behind that thing.
1: And ironically, and this is something that Jordana's been pushing since she joined the podcast, she wants to do an Imagination Pavilion episode, and that might be like a 12-parter, because from Captain EO and every version of Figment, if we really got in-depth in the nitty-gritty in both of those, it would be hours of content to talk about Imagination. And for me, low-key, one of my favorites, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago or when I was we were talking about shops and themed shops, the backstory behind Sid Kahanga, which is right inside of Disney Hollywood Studios to the left. Uh, The Sid Kahanga, you know, one-of-a-kind curiosities. The backstory they developed for the proprietor of that shop. Look it up. I'm not going to explain it to you now, because this is kind of our just quick hitters of ones we also kind of workshopped. Sid Kahanga, what a story that the Imagineers came up with for him as well. Uh, Tim, I'll I'll go to you now real quick. I know you probably have some that are out of this land, or
0: not out of this world, but out of this country anyway. Well, first, I just want to give a shout out. Uh, he he is gone, but not forgotten. Trader Sam, the proprietor of uh, of of two of my favorite bars in the country, one at the Polynesian, one at the Disneyland Hotel. Those would be Trader Sam's Grog Grotto and Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Room. And uh, he used to be at the end of the Jungle Cruise. He has been removed because his animatronic was, frankly, extremely culturally insensitive. But uh, his his legacy lives on in his far less insensitive bars that serve delicious drinks. And other than that, I wanted to hit you with a quick three pack of uh, Tokyo Disney exclusive characters who I I love. Uh, Shandu, who is uh, Sinbad's tiger in the uh, magical voyage of Sinbad, which uh, is a extremely long and extremely charming dark ride that has probably the best original Disney parks song ever written. Uh, if you go back and check out the Disney Parks playlist, Mine of Park Music does contain an English language version of that song sung by its composer. Uh, and uh, yeah, Shondu just I don't think gets enough love, even from the Japanese audiences. He's an adorable tiger who deserves a lot more merch. Uh, other than that, I have Harrison Hightower and the Shiriki Utundu. Harrison Hightower, of course, is C member and Darkest Timeline, Joe Rohde and uh, Shiriki Otundu is the cursed and possessed by a evil spirit idol that li- that uh, killed him in the Japanese version of Tower of Terror. Uh, just it's very cool that we have not only a, a, a C member fully fleshed out as a character, but that he is literally not based on, he is one of the, the great Imagineers of this era. And then lastly, because we are in the Easter season, uh, probably the second most popular Tokyo Disney exclusive character after Duffy and Friends, weirdly, the Usatama. These are mischievous little Easter egg creatures. They're a white Easter egg with bunny ears and like duckling feet. Uh, the backstory to them is that uh Mickey and his friends uh, created a machine that was a big egg robot to make Easter eggs. Apparently that's how you make Easter eggs in Toontown in Tokyo, Japan. And then one of the eggs by mistake was this uh, Usatama creature and it escaped and caused all sorts of mischief. And also a bunch more Usatamas appeared after that. Uh, These are the theme of the special Easter parade that's done for the Easter celebration over in Tokyo, Disneyland. And, uh, they have tons and tons of merch featuring these things, and the Japanese audience just goes nuts for them.
1: Tim, true or false, you get a quarter for every time you say Usutama on this episode?
0: Uh, I, I yeah, I see. I own the rights to the word Usutama here in the U.S., <laughs> so I am trying. I get like a Spotify royalty thing. and I think you get point zero 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 two nice. cents every time I say Usatama.
1: Oh, excellent!
0: No, they're I'm they're sure. a great character.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tim, Jordana, I am sure that we've missed characters, mm, plural. It, it, we didn't even touch on the dolls from the, It's a Small World, which in and of itself could be considered theme park specific uh uh, characters i guess so uh, i think with that though uh, if you guys out there have any favorite characters that we may have missed in our fairly extensive list please feel free to reach out to us but in the meantime that is going to wrap up a very fun episode 137 hour favorite theme park characters be sure to listen to all of our previous episodes which are all available on your preferred listening platform if you have any questions or comments like we said about theme park characters or not please feel free to reach out to us at the disney guys uncensored at gmail.com and if you are planning a trip and you are a Disney Plus subscriber, like Tim said in the news, please feel free to reach out to Jordana Izzo at travelmation.net. That is Jordana Izzo at travelmation.net for your 25% discount on your room reservation. And as always, thanks for listening to The Disney Guys Uncensored.